0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Call-Up, presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Week 21, baby. We are moving and grooving here. Happy to have you guys joining us for another week. Of course, joined by my co-host and brother here on The Prospect Show, Michael Richards, a.k.a. Baby Huey. How's it going, man?
1: Going good, David. Always happy to be here with you. Uh, Like you said, Week 21. I can't believe we've been doing this for five months. We've had some great guests along the way, and This week is no different. This is a man that I saw on social media early this season and noticed a lot of similar traits to the things that I was doing when I got started, and I wanted to highlight him and get a chance to talk with him, so happy that he's here.
0: That's right. The mystery man lives life by the three Ds. He's a dad, day-to-day job, and dynasty player. Uh, you guys don't know him. He's at pop-up prospects on Twitter. He's playing tons of dynasty, fancy baseball content focused on minor league and prospect performance based on data analytics has a site that you need to check out called pop-up it is the one and only Brandon in the house tonight. How's it going, man?
2: Good, good. Thanks for having me guys. Uh, this is my first podcast. So I'm pretty excited to, uh, to share it with you both. Uh, Michael obviously has been a big influence and uh, following his, uh, minor league, uh, prospect, uh, tweets over the years and, uh, appreciate both having me on. Of
0: course, man. I have to ask you before we dive in here, please tell us about prospects.com. If I were to type that in the old Google machine and I'm seeing it for the first time, what am I going to see over on this site?
2: Yeah, it's pretty simple right now. Um, it's a blog basically, uh, where I'm sharing updates based on, uh, the data analytics that I'm doing on a weekly basis. Um, just over the years found that I could crunch numbers and, and find dynasty value uh, in minor league prospects. Um, A lot of times I'm moving those players uh, in my dynasty league for, uh, for established players to improve my roster. Um, But finding those players uh, being the first to the punch was, uh, was critical to, uh, to my team success. So I, I decided to start sharing that with the world this year and posting Posted mostly to Twitter and then uh, a lot of the detailed stuff to the blog. It's really
0: cool. If you guys go to prospects.com, it seems like every day you've got the kind of top performances here. And then if you click on uh, notable anal- or if you click on the analytics, or I'm going to be more statistical analysis. Look at the exact wording right here. You have their lines, you have the team they play for positions. It's really cool, actually. Kind of, it's like the top, prospects of that day all in one place it's really cool i think uh people that are that love prospects and want to see what they're doing uh particularly the people that are balling out so really it's a nice shortcut to kind of see that without i'm scout scalp up so you are doing the lord's work my friend with that
2: thank you yeah i was i mean i spent a lot of time on the internet twitter all fan graphs uh reddit you know reading about prospects and over the years started like noticing the things that i I kind of wanted to know know more about uh, specific prospects uh, comparing two guys. Can I, can I, is one guy a better power tool, better hit tool? Um, And how do I make the decision which one to roster, you know? So I kind of want to like skip that step uh, and let the, let the numbers do the work and tell me which one should be uh, on my roster essentially.
0: I love it. And again, Brandon has such a great prospect background. That that's why he had to be a guest on today's show. As we're winding down here in the season, it's grind time. So let's talk about some minor league players of the week from this past week. Kicking things off with a name you've seen on the show before, and I feel like he has not been treated the right way this year with how much he's been balling out. Miguel Vargas of the Los Angeles Dodgers, third baseman and outfielder, over the last ten days, five sixteen batting average, six forty three OBP, nine zero three slug, two homers. He's got three steals, and on the season. A really great line above 300 batting average, 17 homers, 16 steals. The K to walk are nearly identical, Brandon. Uh, it, he's just someone I think at this point he has nothing left to prove at triple A, and uh, he's just a baller.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's a good summary. Uh, I should mention we we could have just as easily talked about James Outman here, who hit two cycles this week. Uh, super <laughs> impressive uh, player as well. Uh, 45% rostered on fan tracks, so there's still some room to find uh, Vargas on the wire. Uh, his 30-day numbers are even more – Uh, or sorry, his 10-day numbers are impressive. His 30-day numbers also equally as impressive, 15 walks, 16 strikeouts, 10-21 uh, OPS, tearing the cover off the ball. Um, he got his cup of coffee earlier this month, earlier in August, um, and I think ever since then he's just been – ripping at the ball, trying to get back to the big leagues. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, somebody that I would imagine is, uh, you know, maybe he gets a September call up, but if, if not, then you expect he could uh, contend for playing time right out of the gate next season. Uh, let's go to your first player here, Mike, and Connor Norby from Baltimore, a name people might not recognize as much because we see the DL halls, the Gunnar Hendersons, and he kind of flies a little bit more under the radar here. Second baseman in the Orioles organization between high and double a this year. But the past 10 days and over 400 batting average, five homers, three steals. And on the year, a very healthy 269 batting average. Got 22 home runs, 14 stolen bases, and 130 WRC+. The walk rate's nearly double digits here. Seems like he's got a lot of good tools here. And he's on new rookie mistake, baby Huey.
1: Sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, Connor Norby has definitely caught my attention this week with his performance or over the last 10 days, you know, with those five home runs and three steals, I obviously like the power speed. The 509 slugging is what really has my attention here on this player. Uh, he's got a nice walk rate, good strikeout rate, 130 WRC plus is solid. But this is a player who coming into the season had a above average hit tool with below average raw power and average speed. So getting into this power is what's really got me intrigued. Uh, he was actually struggling a little bit in high A this year. I wouldn't say struggling, but he was pretty mediocre to average for what I was looking for from a top prospect at second base, and he got bumped up to double A. He has 14 home runs and eight steals, uh, over 10% walk rate, under 20% strikeout rate, hitting 299, 379, 559 in double A with a 158 WRC+. So he's really taken a big step forward. He's playing the best he's played in his career. Uh, He was a second round pick in 2021. So he's an advanced college bat. I don't think there's huge upside in speed here. I think he'll chip in, but overall, I think he's an underrated player and someone you should probably target if you're looking for some help that's uh, relatively close.
0: All right. Connor Norby, another player you need to keep an eye on in the Baltimore Orioles organization. This next player is somebody that a lot of you guys have heard of, Jason Dominguez, outfielder in the New York Yankees organization. Over the last ten days, a three fifty six four hundred eight five thirty three slash line. He's got five steals and on the season thirty four steals, a healthy two seventy five batting average. The walk and strikeout rates are very, very. Uh, I would say they're they're decent for where he's at at this point in his development. Uh, just kind of reason I liked him this past week here is overall in. Uh, this in 106 games has been pretty solid. Ninth, again, he's only 19 years old, um, but in August especially, a 337, 451, 506 slash line and 86 at bats as of just a couple days ago. And somebody that to me, he's showing why he's one of the best young prospects in the game. Uh, you see the stolen bases. You see, he's got uh, 39 extra base hits on the year. The uh, I just think across the board, he's showing that he's developing showing why he was one of the top international prospects, according to evaluators here. I think they say that his hit tool, I think they called him something like uh, uh, the Martian or something, because his hit tools were out of this world or something. I think that's what I read. Um, So uh, a lot of of plus grades on a lot of different things about him, the speed. Obviously the power is not shown there quite yet, as he had five home runs in just uh, 56 games last season. Um, And then in this year, uh, between... Uh, A ball and high A ball only has 12 home runs in just uh, under 500 played appearances. So I think there is some area of his game that he needs to work on. But overall, very excited to see what Jason Dominguez can still do here. Let's go to the pitching side of things. Let's start off with our first guy here. And Brandon's going to talk about his uh, first guy, Emmett Sheehan, of the Los Angeles Dodgers, an organization that just knows how to churn out pitching but this is the first time he's been talked about on this show. So tell us a little bit about it, Brandon.
2: Yeah. I like Sheehan a lot. Um, it's, uh, I should say it's weird uh, as a Padres fan. I'm picking two Dodgers, uh, but they're worth talking about. I know you guys have talked about Bobby Miller and uh, Nick Nestrini uh, pretty recently. Um, So good uh, segue into Sheehan. Uh, 5% rostered on fan tracks. Uh, Going into the season, fan graphs gave him uh, 60-grade fastball, 70-grade curveball, 40-grade command, which is what he needed to work on. Uh, For the most part, He's kind of done that. Uh his K rate is uh pretty impressive, but he's still doing he's still walking more than ten percent, which uh something to keep an eye on. Um pitched all year at uh high A. Um I would note that Fangraffs had a cool article uh, interview with Sheehan pretty recently where he was talking about the uh, separation between his fastball and his uh, breaking balls. He's throwing a slider now. Fangraffs didn't have that. In the preseason report, uh, uh, but the whole, whole interview made him sound really smart, uh, um, and it sounds like the things that the Dodgers are te- teaching him uh, are really resonating with him, and he's connecting with those uh, concepts. I know. Uh, Like pitch tunneling has been a big uh, uh, topic really recently, Um, and it sounds like she hands got got a good idea of uh, of what kind of separation he wants on his pitches. So, really interesting prospect. Uh, and he's really come into his own really recently. You see that 19 strikeouts and nine innings pitch super impressive. Uh his strengths uh elite K rate. Uh the, the walk rate's kind of average for for the level. Um and I'd like to see uh weaker contact, but overall pretty pretty excited about Sheehan.
0: Yeah, it, it, how can you not be excited with the changes he's making with the organization he's with right now? The results are showing a, a kind of a guy there that seems like he's an up-and-comer here in this in this prospect system. So I, I'm buying in. I think you convinced me on on Sheehan here. So a uh, nice new name to talk about here uh, in the Dodgers system. Let's go to the next player here we're going to talk about who recently just got a prospect promotion to the big leagues. And Hunter Brown, right-handed pitcher for the Houston Astros, and he deserves it. Last 10 days, 8.1 innings, three earned runs, 324 ERA. And on the season, a 255 ERA, even though the FIP is a little bit higher, still respectable at a 3-30 FIP, 31.5% K rate. Uh, Hunter Brown, I, I know we talked about him a while back, but good to see him get the call as one of the two Astros here. Baby Huey, give us some Hunter Brown love like we need it right now.
1: Yeah, you actually just broke some news to me right there. I thought he was going to get called up. Uh, when the rosters expanded, I didn't realize it was official yet, but I cheated a little bit here because it's been so hard to find good pitchers. He did get two wins this week, but this is a guy that's that stood out since the early season. I did my first article for fan tracks was talking about uh, players standing out different levels. And he was one of the standouts at triple a in the first month of the season. He's if the Astros weren't so loaded, he would have been called up already. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what the role is going to be this year. I mean, it could be anywhere from he's in the rotation as one of the six starters to a multi-inning reliever to like a late-inning guy. Uh, I do think he has the stuff. Looking at his scouting grades, he's got a plus fastball, plus slider, double plus curveball, and he has a change that's probably average. Command was the issue, as it always is with all pitchers, but he's shown improvements there. He was walking 5.3 batters per 9 in double A last year. It's down to 3.8 this year, so he's making the the changes I need to see. He looks like he could be an impact player for the Astros because they're a really good team to be a pitcher for. So this is someone I think you should target pretty aggressively right now in fantasy leagues.
0: Yeah, Hunter Brown and he did say that uh, or not that he did say, but right now the Astros do have Fran Bervaldez, Lance McCullers, Jr., Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia and Christian Javier. So I would not expect him to get a shot in the rotation, but he could be brought in for some long relief. Uh, so that is, I think, where we see him first, but well deserving of the prospect promotion for sure. This next player here. Uh, that I wanted to highlight really quick. is not somebody that is necessarily has a ton of prospect pedigree. He's not in the Yankees' top 30 prospects. Matt Sauer, I just wanted to highlight him because he is coming off an eight-inning, 17-strikeout game. Uh, so I think it's one of those things when you have a game like that, you got to be talked about here. Eight innings, two hits, one earned run, 17 strikeouts in that start. On the season, a 489 ERA, even though it wasn't that high in high A, it obviously has been not as great in double A. 396 FIP, 33.9% K% or percentage will play between those two levels. But again, just a name to keep in mind here, maybe not necessarily going to set the world on fire, but you know, right now, now in double a, you could hear his name in the next couple of years Still 23 years old. But any type of, if you can get 17 strikeouts in a game, you should be on people's radar as a possibility for something down the road. So just wanted to bring him up really quickly here. Let's go to the notable promotion section though here. And there's been a lot uh, since our last show, Corbin Carroll, the almost consensus number one top prospect in baseball for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Gunnar Henderson, another top two or three prospect in baseball at the Orioles, Garrett Mitchell with the Milwaukee Brewers, Yainer Diaz and Hunter Brown, both getting the call for the Houston Astros here. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to go to you really quickly here. Uh, out of all these names, we talk about Corbin Carroll. We talk about Gunder Henderson a lot. Hunter Brown, we just talked about. Yonder Diaz or Garrett Mitchell. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but this is why you're one of the best prospect minds in the game, because I'm going to put you on the spot. Out of these two guys, are you excited for more one over the other?
2: Uh, you guys hear me right now?
0: Yeah, we can hear you. You're good.
2: Okay. Uh, Probably Garrett Mitchell, uh, the pedigree and what the Brewers have done with the outfield uh, prospects recently. Um, but I don't know. neither of them really really moved the needle much for me.
0: So no re- no uh, redraft value for fantasy baseball this year in your mind. Not really. He's mouthing no, even <laughs> even though. Uh, yeah,
1: it looks like we're having some connection issues for anyone that's listening. That's okay,
0: because I'd seem like he. There might be
1: value.
2: Um, I, I mean, I if they were available, I would roster them, but um, but not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I think we're all on the same page. I said not too interested in the rest of the season. I don't think I am as well, so we can move I might, on then I, that. I just
1: want to throw something in. If you needed a catcher, like a second catcher, I don't know what Diaz is playing time, but that's not the worst gamble there. And Garrett Mitchell did hit a homer and steal in one game, so if he's playing regularly and chipping in, not a bad flyer for cheap also.
0: Yeah, Garrett Mitchell is definitely an interesting name. I think he's pretty fast, if I'm not mistaken, too, right? He's one of the. Yeah, he's
1: a, he's a speed threat and he's got a good hit tool. So it's just been the power that they've kind of questioned where it's going to get to. But and it, we're, we're five weeks left in the season. If he's playing every day for Milwaukee, I mean, he, he could help down the stretch.
0: Yeah, Garrett Mitchell is uh, somebody definitely to keep an eye on with the speed. Stolen bases, you're always going to need it in fantasy baseball, especially in roto leagues here. Let's go, Mike, let's go to your guy here in prospect watch. So somebody that you're keeping an eye on in the minor leagues and the guy that you want to talk about, Angel Martinez, a middle infielder for the Cleveland Guardians, just 20 years old in double A and decent numbers across the board here. How come you got your eye on him?
1: Well, yeah, Angel Martinez. I've brought him up one other time on the show a while back, but he's someone anyone who's followed me. I've liked him for a long time. I was probably higher on him than most people probably even before he deserved it. But I just saw the the potential and it's it doesn't necessarily, the stats don't necessarily jump off the page yet, as I said before, but he's, he's moved up to double a recently and he's still 20 years old. Like you said, and he's actually hanging with the double a pitchers. He's improved a little bit. It's still a small, a small sample size, but just doing this for years, uh, a, a Hitter with an above average hit tool, you know, developing some level of power and plus speed that's a middle infielder and he's 20 years old in double A and not looking overmatched, that's a sign of someone who's gonna be jump jumping up uh, prospect list. And as I've said before, I don't think we've seen the full potential of what he's capable of yet, even statistically. So this is someone that I think people should get on pretty soon. He's lo- he's only rostered in ten percent of leagues, and I just think as if he's able to continue performing the way he is in Double A right now down the stretch, he's going to be on top fifty in the offseason.
0: Angel Martinez, you got to get on him now because as Baby Huey says, if you wait till next season, uh, it's, it's going to be too late. So it's kind of a Somebody that right now is is diving deep into prospects like Mike does. Uh, just make sure you keep an eye on him for the rest of the uh, prospect role catches up here. Let's go back to Brandon. Let's talk about Juan Brito, who is a second baseman in the Colorado Rockies organization right now in low A. 11 home runs, 68 RBI, 17 steals. The walk rate over is uh, more than the K rate, which is always something you love to see at the minor leagues. Uh, he's got a great speed score, a good WRC plus at 138. We talk about Zach Veen. We've talked about Ezekiel Tovar. We talked about a lot of great Rockies prospects, but this is his debut on the call-up here. Let's talk about some uh, Juan Brito.
2: Yeah, Brito's a exciting player. Uh, as you mentioned, the walk rate and the K rate; those are two things that my uh, my model uh, loves to identify, uh, loves to point out players that can can walk as much as they strike out or or get close to it uh Brito 1% rostered on fan tracks of course uh my 24 teamer is one of those 1% um but he's a second base prospect without much power projection uh Fangraphs uh, says he can hit so that's something I like to see um and he's shown a lot of power recently and the other thing to note is he's rule 5 eligible this winter so it might be he might be a guy that either the Rockies add to their 40 man and find a spot for uh, sooner than later, or he ends up on a different team uh, with a chance, maybe a bench roll or something like that. But elite K-rate, elite walk rate, elite ISO, and uh, elite uh, line drive and fly ball rates for, uh, for a 20-year-old at A-ball. Exciting guy.
0: Yeah, very interesting to see him on this show for the first time here. Juan Brito is the name again that we're talking about here. And, and just kind of looking at A prospect list. I just, the first one I pulled up MLB.com and he's not even somebody I'd see in the top 30. So we're digging down deep here. Do you think, what are your thoughts on him long-term? You're, you're excited. You think about his future with the Rockies? I know you have Tovar there. We talked about that plays middle infield. They also have, uh, at a deal Amador who also plays middle infield. Uh, do you think he has the type of promise early on that you think he could be a everyday starter for them and maybe three or four seasons.
2: I mean, guys who walk and don't strike out, they find roles in the big leagues um, as second base guys uh, sometimes can find their way to the corner outfield if it's necessary, but yeah, Colorado's got a lot of really interesting prospects coming up in the next couple of years. It'd be interesting to see how they find uh, a place to put them all.
0: Yeah, as again, Juan Brito is named that digging deep here to keep an eye on in your dynasty leagues. Let's go to our who's next. Who is next for the call-up as we wrap up another great week here? And, Mike, we're going to go back to you for your first player here, Cody Morris, another pitcher in the Cleveland Guardians organization. We've talked about other players. Not Cody Morris to my uh, to my knowledge here, but he's in AAA right now and on the season, uh, 169 ERA. And six games started there, 21.1 innings pitched, uh, 208 FIP, and you think he could be used maybe down the stretch for a starter? You think it could be like a long reliever for Cleveland? What are your thoughts on Cody Morris?
1: Yeah, Cody Morris was someone that caught my attention last year. You know, when I first started doing this, I was super obsessed with the age versus level, and I still think that's a good way to find players, but I, I would kind of overlook certain types of players who were old for the level. And, you know, like a 23, 24 year old in Double I wasn't pitcher, you know, I was just, I was kind of dismissive, but he's, he's got a nice arsenal. Uh, his he's added some velocity to his fastball. So I'd call it a plus fastball, you know, above average curveball, plus change up. And his command is really good too. Uh, the reason his stats are so uh, minimal this season is because he's coming back from injury. So I think he was someone that would have been up with the team very early in the season, you know, because he's a 25-year-old. I think the the organization is relatively high on him. I think they see him as better than the pitchers they have at the back of their rotation right now. And I do think they're going to give him an opportunity to start at some point this year. I'm not sure if it's just going to be right off the bat, but he's going to be called up, I believe, when the rosters expand. And he's someone that I would bet – on being part of the rotation going forward. And we know that guardians pitchers, that's a good place to invest if you're going to do it. And this isn't the guy that's going to, you're going to have to wait years on. He's going to be 25, 26 next year. You're just going to kind of have a solid pitcher on your hands. So nice target right now, especially coming off the deal.
0: Yeah. He's got a fastball and get to 97. Good carry on his four seamer, a nice change up to pair with it. Uh, seems like he could be a, a nice solid option for the guardians down the stretch here. But we don't, to be honest, we don't have to go too far for this next player because guess what? He plays in the same organization And Bo Naylor, another prospect in the Guardians organization they're a catcher between AA and AAA this year, a 265, 405, 474 slash, got 14 homers, 19 steals, a lot, even from a, a catcher in the minor leagues here. And Brandon, you think he's going to help them down the stretch here as the Guardians are fighting for a, a playoff berth?
2: Yeah, I hope so. Um, this is this selection, Bo Naylor, is as much about what Bo's done uh, as it is about what the Guardians have uh, from the catching position. Um, they're, they're leading the AL Central by a game and a half uh, as of today, and they're running out Austin Hedges and uh, Luke Maley out there hedges has a 57 wrc plus uh he does have 98th percentile pitch framing and uh seven defensive runs saved this season so he's uh he's a big defensive catcher but mainly 14th percentile pitch framing minus one defensive run saved he's not he's not adding a bunch uh from the backup position um and then roster resource has uh the Cleveland guardians have a platoon split at DH with Richie Palacios and Owen Miller right now. I, I just think like there's a, there's room for a bat. And I mean, Cleveland has a lot of bats like this in the upper minors, so it's going to be competitive, but the fact that Naylor can catch as well, I think they'll carve out a spot for him. Um, and he's been super hot the last 30 days, extra hot the last 10 days. Um, He's, he's tamed down his K rate, which I think was one of his weaknesses. But uh, elite walk rates over the season, elite ISO, elite line drive, fly ball rates. Um, I like him a lot.
0: Bo Naylor, another player you maybe got to keep an eye on in those redraft leagues down the stretch if he gets the call, especially in a two-catcher league, see what he can do for you. Last player we'll talk about here, Taj Bradley, who Andrew Painter is my favorite pitcher in the minor leagues right now. Uh, maybe Kyle Harrison might be second, but Taj Bradley's definitely top in the top three for me, and he could be next getting the call. Just got recently promoted to AAA, started seven games for them. The results have not necessarily been great since he's been promoted to AAA. Uh, does have a 480 ERA, a 464 XFIP, 510 FIP, does still have you know, uh, you know, an 8.4 K per nine. I think that will go up to double digits the more he gets used to it there, but. Uh, Taj Bradley is such a talent. Got a great fastball that sits in the mid nineties. Could potentially even get a couple ticks higher. Has a cutter that seems like it works really well as a secondary pitch for him. Uh, this is someone that really worked on his delivery and, and changed his mechanics to throw more strikes. And he's just kind of risen up fast through the Tampa Bay system. And Tampa Bay pitchers are again—we talk about organizations like the uh, the Cleveland Guardians, like the Los Angeles Dodgers. I pay attention to the Rays and what they do with their high-end pitching prospects. Maybe down the stretch after a couple more starts in AAA, maybe they use him uh as a bulk reliever, like a, a follower down the stretch, uh, you know, maybe pitching like three or four innings behind an opener as they try to chase a playoff berth and with the injury to Shane McClanahan, they might need some guys to get some innings. So I would not be surprised to see Taj Bradley get some major league experience this year. He's he's the real deal, and I think he is gonna be a mainstay once he gets used to big league, the uh, big leagues here. All right. Well, that will wrap us up here. Another episode of the call in the books. I want to thank our guest Brandon for coming on and please plug again, your great website, and anything else you want our audience to know about you.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you can find my work at popupprospects.com and I'm on Pop-Up prospects uh, at Pop-Up prospects on Twitter and pretty active in the, uh, the PARS um, discord. If you ever get into uh, that rabbit hole.
0: And thanks for having me. Of course, for those, I I don't remember if you mentioned it live or it was before the show, but I think you did mention it live that this is your first podcast. We would never know. You very professional, didn't stammer. You said it's hot over there. Looks like you're keeping the heat in check over there. So uh awesome job. And uh hopefully we can have you back sometime soon down the road because you are a top prospect mind, my friend. And um, of course, baby Huey, I want a chance to plug anything you want the audience to know about and uh how are you doing a TGFBI? I think we have to touch a base on that again.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm really focused on my TGFBI league right now. I don't talk about it a ton, but I'm in first place overall and I'm got a lot of great managers uh, fighting to catch me and I have five weeks to hold them off. So every day I've been kind of just grinding away at that, trying to figure out ways that I can gain a little bit more points and hold them off and, It's kind of hurt my uh, social media presence a little bit this year, but I hope everyone will understand if I can pull this off afterwards, you know, I'll be back to talking prospects again. And uh, this is a big deal for me. So uh, I'd appreciate anyone reaching out and uh, wishing me good luck.
0: Well, we'll wish you good luck live on the show. And I know you're going to keep giving it everything you have. Uh, But for those that guys, everybody that watches the call up every week on YouTube, we truly appreciate you guys. If you're enjoying these weekly call-up shows, please make sure you like the video, subscribe if you're not already subscribed, and leave a comment below, even a good luck, a four-leaf clover or something for Mike, something we know that you're watching the show. And then if you're on the podcast feed, you know we appreciate you guys sub there. Every week this episode will pop in your podcast feed. So uh, we appreciate all you guys, however you consume the content. And you guys know we'll be back next week for the call-up week 22. But until then, we'll catch you all in the next one.